Hello everyone and welcome to Rad Talk. So this is podcast number 17. My name's Joe McNamara and I'm joined tonight by my fellow host, Naaman. Hello. So a big thank you to our last guest, Shireen Pavaday, who talked about equality, diversity and inclusion work that she's involved in. If you haven't yet had a chance, please do go and take a listen. It's really emotive and an inspirational podcast. So I'm so pleased to introduce our guest for this evening, Nicola Jameson, who's discussing her role as student officer at Society College of Radiographers. Evening. Evening. Thank you for having me. <laughs> An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. So in true interview style, my question, <laughs> um, which is what we ask everyone who comes onto the podcast, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your career journey? Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So, so as you say, say, I'm the Students and New Professionals Officer for the SOS, and I'm, and also, I'm also a recently, a recently qualified, qualified therapeutic, therapeutic radiographer. radiographer. I was a mature student, and in 2014, I had the chance to start working at I had various jobs in healthcare, being a physiotherapy assistant, a dental nurse, I knew at that stage that I needed a formal education to take my life where I wanted to go. Um, so I did an access course. I fast-tracked it in one year, and I really actually enjoyed the identity that I had within academia. Um, I think after being primarily a mum for so long, the sense and purpose uh, of purpose and achievement, I think, was what I've been craving for quite a long time. Um, that being said, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But I knew I had a passion for mental health and well-being through my own personal experiences in life. So I opened the university prospectus with a very open mind, perused the options available to me, and I instantly felt a connection to radiotherapy and oncology. And interestingly, many therapeutic, many therapeutic radiography students will say the same thing, that a personal or family experiences with cancer or with the care pathway has led them into our compassionate and exciting profession, and I was no different. So when I began my radiography studies, I was instantly very interested in the impact of psychological support on the experiences of both our staff and the patients within the cancer pathway. And I became involved in the midst of my studies in contributing to the drafting of the Northern Ireland Cancer Strategy. And this experience, along with many other experiences I had, began to form my long-term career aspirations, even in the very early stages of my radiography journey. So then we get to second year, and I was selected as part of the Council of Deans of Health 150 Leaders Programme. And during this time, I was allocated a leadership coach, Jill Harrison, who had a monumental impact on my journey. Jill gave me the courage to believe in my decisions, even actually when they felt quite scary or risky, and to keep my own well-being at the centre of my sometimes overwhelming drive and determination. And this was a pivotal moment in my story. And I know I would have made some very different decisions was it not for my time on the leadership program and Jill's support. And actually, we now work together and I'm proud to call her a friend and confident, even if she is still coaching me. Oh, I know Jill and she is absolutely lovely for anyone yeah. who knows her. So can I just ask Nicola, what is 150 leaders? So the 150 leaders, that's, that's an affectionate term that we use for it. If you're on Twitter at all, you will quite often see the hashtag 150 leaders bandied about. Um, it, the, the real name for it is the Student Leadership Programme, and it's run by the Council of Deans of Health. And it's open to first and second year student AHPs or nursing students. And what it is, is they basically give you a, a one year scholarship to come into this programme. 
Um, you attend conferences, you have leadership training, you complete a leadership program uh, project during your time there, um, and they allocate you a one-to-one -one leadership coach as well. It's a fantastic opportunity. Um, for me, I had all of these ideas, I had all of this drive, and the leadership program just helped me to harness that. But it is quite a competitive program to get into. Um, I know that this year they allocated some extra places on the program, particularly for those um, lesser known professions like therapeutic radiography. And as a result, we now have four radiography students on the program this year, which is fantastic. And those four students are actually members of our student representative forum at the SOR as well. So we're very proud of them and it'll be really exciting to see what they do this year. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. It's really it's really good for students to kind of know what is available to them. Um, and as you said, such an amazing opportunity. So something for maybe first and second years to consider. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely worth it. And, and I don't feel that I would be here now without it because that, you know, it, it, it helped me make some really significant decisions. And actually at that point, I made the decision that I wasn't going to practice at a as a radiographer when I graduated, which which is was a really mm -hmm. scary decision to make. Um, but I had fallen in love with the profession and I felt very, very strongly that those working within it deserve the best support possible to help them continue their amazing work in a safe and fulfilling environment. So what I decided to do was continue my studies post-graduation and I enrolled in a master's in psychology to further my knowledge and skills in this area. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I remember going to the SOR annual student conference in 2019 and listening to Bev Snaith. And Bev said, keep building that toolkit so that when the right door opens for you, you are ready. And that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't realize how close that door was. Um, so to, to go back again, in my first year of radiography studies, I had the same SOR university talks that all our students have in semester one. I remember Leandra Archer visited us at Ulster University and at the end of the session I approached her and asked if I could become a student rep for the society. In my second year the student representative forum was founded and I was elected the chair and that was a position I held until my graduation in 2020 and during this time I had the privilege of being a, an active radiography student, attending events, speaking at conferences and study days, becoming a member of my regional council and using that student leadership experience that I had to contribute to campaigns and activities within the student forum. And then final year came and the pandemic hit. And like many other students, my life and studies were impacted by this, particularly with three children at home. But I was fortunate to have completed my clinical competencies by this stage. And my university staff were excellent at supporting me through to the completion of my degree. The student forum was incredibly important at this point as students across the UK were isolated and in need of guidance and connection and support and just as I completed my studies and readied myself for a summer off ahead of my master's studies the position of student support officer became vacant within the SOR knowing that I had some time to spare and feeling strongly that student support was more important than ever I reached out then and offered to help and to my surprise was offered a part-time interim student officer role just to maintain this support while a substantive position was advertised and recruited. Six weeks turned into three months and by this stage I had deferred my master's studies twice. Um, however, what was happening at the same time was that I was realizing I had the job that I had aspired to create much further in the future. So the door was already open and I hadn't even noticed. Um, 
so at that stage, I made another decision. I made the terrifying decision to apply for the full-time permanent position of students and new professionals officer, convinced, of course, that I wouldn't get the job, but that I absolutely needed to put everything on the line to give it my very best shot. Here was a position where I could make a real difference to the student and staff experience using my passion for mental health and well-being to be a supportive listening ear and advocate for our workforce while actually affecting real change and improvements at a strategic level within the profession. Yes, I had a 10 year plan to get to this point, but if it was here now, then I was most certainly um, going to make the very best of this opportunity. To my absolute shock and surprise, and I can tell you there were tears and dancing, I was offered the job and I started the role in April this year. Fast forward to now, I absolutely love my job. I didn't think it was possible to be so busy and so happy at the same time. Um, I work in partnership with some amazing students and newly qualified radiographers. And I feel so very lucky to be within an organization who value and respect the voice of the future radiography workforce so much. There is no such thing as just a student. And that's a mentality that runs deep within the SOR. Nowadays, um, I can mostly be found coordinating students and new professionals guidance and activities, facilitating our amazing students and new professionals forums, promoting the student perspective in publications and meetings with external stakeholders, and particularly during October and November, delivering our very busy calendar of webinars for students and newly qualified staff. I'm also now a coach on the 150 Leaders Programme that had so much impact on me. And I haven't forgotten about my studies. I am a planner. Um, in fact, I'm set to begin my master's journey next September, studying applied psychology part-time as I work. And I'm actually really, really looking forward to um, using these skills to enhance the work I do here at the SOR. So sorry that that was such a long little bit about myself. And I usually cut that quite short, but I hope that my story and how I got to where I am today can reinforce the, if I can, you can message that RSOR president, Claire Donaldson has been championing this year. You're not just a student, your journey actually starts now and what you do with it's completely up to you. So just enjoy it and use it and embrace it. Oh, thank you, Nicola, for sharing that career pathway. And I think it is so important that, People have the opportunity to hear this in detail. Um, I know when we were discussing doing the podcast, you were slightly worried saying, oh, you know, my career pathway story <laughs> is quite long, but absolutely this is what students, newly qualified people, you know, people who aspire to do professional officer roles or work outside of maybe their scope of practice yeah. are passionate to hear about and know what you went through to be able to get there. And uh, with a lot of the guests that we've had on where they have, a various um, opportunity or roles. They always say it's just by chance that some of these things come into it. But as you've kind of demonstrated quite clearly, having that drive and passion definitely helps. Um, and, I, you know, my hat off to you. I don't think I could have made such a scary decision uh, within my degree. So, yeah, amazing that you did make it and you're making such an impact already to lots of people's lives. So as part of your current role, what challenges have you seen facing students, particularly at the moment? Unfortunately, this is not a difficult question to answer. Um, in a word, COVID. This yeah. has impacted on every level of our profession, service delivery, staff well-being, clinical and academic education. 
um, I think the pandemic has exacerbated challenging challenges, sorry, in an already overburdened health service and in an NHS where we already see a significant shortage of funding for radiography posts, our workforce face tremendous challenges every day as they work to maintain the, the excellent standards of care that they've always prided themselves on while navigating this ever changing and often quite adverse landscape and our student members are not immune to this. Their clinical placements were impacted during the first surges of the pandemic, and that's led to issues with poor clinical confidence being reported by our final year students and our newly qualified radiographers. Um, they feel that they're not ready to enter the profession, and they have voiced concerns about how quickly they may be inducted into their new roles in order to meet service demands. Universities have worked very, very hard and continue to do so to secure full clinical experiences and training for our students and to increase the learning opportunities within these. And actually, this is in many cases called for some really creative placement initiatives, but there's an understanding and a respect for the situation that we continue to find ourselves in. And it's important to keep moving forward. So this work by trusts and HEIs to enhance the student experience really is seen and it's appreciated. But the overarching theme to what I'm seeing right now, and this will be no surprise to you, is well-being. Many students, particularly those moving into their second year of study, will not have been on campus until now. They have spent a year or more in the virtual learning landscape with limited access to staff and fellow students. Research has shown links between social isolation or loneliness and increased risk of anxiety and depression and cognitive function. And given that Peer support is a fundamental aspect of a healthy student experience. The isolation felt by many since the start of the pandemic has only heightened those natural anxieties around learning and assessment and practice. So you take that initial isolation as an initial detrimental factor and then prolong it across a sustained and unpredictable period of time. Our radiography students have shown incredible resilience through this, but still the effect is there then. After a period of isolation, you're finally back out and moving towards normality. But normality is groups of people and lecture halls full of students, busy and demanding hospitals. And this can be really overwhelming for anyone, let alone a pre-registration radiography student who has largely independently been navigating an intense course of study through one of the worst periods of history for our health service. Now we begin to see continued changes being proposed, such as the recent mandating of COVID vaccinations for NH staff in England. And it's easy to paint a worrying picture for any healthcare student and to understand the empathy that's actually required for our current cohort of pre-registration radiographers. It's, it's quite a lot, isn't it, that students have had to go through. I know, yeah. Joe, when we did a previous podcast around recruitment, retention and attrition, these are some of the themes I think as Nicholas highlighted again that you know COVID has had a huge impact on students and but I suppose one good thing as you kind of touched on is the resilient resilience side as well yeah. I mean it's something you never would be able to have prepared any lecturer to train a student for you know the last 18 sort of months and stuff and what they've had to see in the news and then see in practice but I think it's amazing to see the students come back it really is and and, and you know we know that in the long term that this is, is I hate to use the term character building, but it is building their resilience and it is making them better radiographers, but it's a difficult experience to live. So it does just require that, that bigger degree of understanding. Do you think it's quite different across the country? 
I think everyone's experience of it has been different. I remember, you know, the, the phrase used to be bandied out at the start of the pandemic, we're all in the same boat. And then I remember seeing somewhere, actually, we're all in the same storm, but we're all in very different boats. And, and I think that's very much what we have to remember, that it what, doesn't matter what region you're in or what part of the country you're in, actually, each single person will deal with it differently. And that's what we really need to remember. It, it's about, you know, understanding who, who you're faced with and listening to what they need. Yeah, and I suppose that brings us quite nicely on to um, how do you feel students can be better supported within clinical practice? Yeah, so um, annoyingly, I'm probably going to give you a very general answer to this, but with good reason. Um, we can always be better. And when we think we have improved, then the needs change and we have to adapt again and reevaluate. People always ask me what my job entails. And I always ask, answer, well, I can tell you what it entails today, but it will probably change tomorrow. Because there's not a one size fits all approach to supporting students. Every single student out there has their own set of goals, expectations, concerns and responsibilities. And every student has come from a different background, a different set of experiences and will approach their studies in a unique way. So the best way that we can better support our students is to listen, really, really actively listen to them. And this is what we've recognised within the SOR as well and has led to the development of our Student and New Professionals Forum. And do remember that within the SOR and with the creation of, of the role of Students and New Professionals Officer as well, that we're a resource you can contact if you ever need advice on supporting students or if you need to refer a student to us for additional support. I'm always more than happy to speak to anyone who has a vested interest in improving or enhancing the student experience and will absolutely help in any way I can. We need to listen. It's important to create a safe environment for students to express their hopes or their worries, their reflections and their needs. And it might take some time for them to come forward and offer anything up, but we shouldn't be afraid of the silence either because silence is safe too. It's important to create and continue to create opportunities for students to speak and for us to really hear them. We can't assume we know what they need based on our own experiences and journeys. It simply won't be the same. So I would say let's really get to know our students, personalise their learning, understand where their strengths lie and where we can provide additional support. It might seem time consuming, but it offers a much more fulfilling experience and outcome for both students and staff. A student is a vital member of any radiography team, so treat them as partners, encourage collaboration, welcome them as colleagues. I couldn't do half of what I do without the amazing student leaders within the Student Representative Forum. And I learn more from them every day as I work alongside them. But finally, and most importantly, if you don't know how to better support them, ask them. They'll always answer that question far better than I ever could. Oh, some amazing advice there for Nicola. Thank you so much for sharing that. So do you have some top tips for um, any students and healthcare professionals that are listening? Yeah, um, I think so. All I would say is always remember to introduce yourself to everyone and use your hard-earned diagnostic or therapeutic radiographer title as well. In the same way, always remember to use your colleagues' names. No one wants to be called the student or the oh, band five. That's right? what bugbear that is. Right. So it's the little things, isn't it, that make the biggest difference. And yeah. I think finally, whether you're a patient visiting the, the department for the first time or a long-standing member of staff, just remember that behind all of that PPE, behind that screen or treatment console or behind that radiography professional or student is a person. 
And whether you're receiving care or you're delivering it or you're working alongside a colleague or training a future one, sometimes the very best thing we can be for anyone else is human. And as long as we remember that, it doesn't really matter what the landscape around us does. Yeah, really, really good advice there. Thank you. And Naaman, you're good, aren't you, at using your, your therapeutic radiographer title whenever you can? <laughs> yeah, I think from ever since I met you, Joe, I've never called myself a therapy radiographer ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think people get worried now because I get looks because actually Naaman's been in meetings with me before and someone's said they're a radiotherapist and he almost like looks directly at me going oh no she's gonna say it she's gonna say <laughs> it and I do because it I know speaking from experience it wasn't until Charlotte Bidmore pulled me aside at an annual conference going look you've got the ability to help us make sure that everyone is using their their HCPC registered title yeah and I remember saying to her going oh of course um I just use therapy because that's what our clinical colleagues used and she's like yes but we need to make this change joe and it sticks in my head so much so you know with for anyone who has to endure me going on about our title <laughs> it's on to charlotte ultimately <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it goes back to her um but nicola honestly it's really really insightful and i'm really positive that your role exists and the help and support that you are giving students obviously i am very biased being um, a lecturer <laughs> and knowing some of what the students have had to go through and endure and you know as much as we as lecturers can do it is partnership working yeah. um with the students with clinical colleagues and i know that there is so much change afoot and it continues um as you've kind of alluded to nothing is going to go back to normal and yeah. it's making sure that what we are doing for the students and for anyone who is training um is essentially going to be fit for purpose but also give them a really rich learning experience and i'm really passionate about that you know for anyone who does any healthcare degree we are essentially training someone to hopefully go into that post but they may choose not to but they will still shine that torch for our profession and as you said you know if someone decided to go into i don't know marketing or uh, they went into an entrepreneurial starting their own business and developing immobilization devices they will still have all the knowledge and the skills that hopefully they've picked up through their clinical and academic experiences so i think we just need to make sure that we all work together to make sure that what they then pass on in the future and the years that they have in whatever career they choose that that they hold that our profession dear to them and do look back on it as favorably rather than oh i'm glad i got out of that career um i think that's really important and we all know don't we that it's amazing for anyone who knows what a therapeutic radiographer is who knows what a diagnostic radiographer is and knows you know to how to dispel some of those myths it's really important that the general public know so anyone yeah. who is able to spread that message is really <laughs> important yeah and that I, we talk about this quite a lot in the student forum as well and people talking about how can I get involved with careers promotion do, I don't know if I have the time to do it it can be as simple as chatting to your family and your neighbor yeah. about what you've done with your day and about what you do in your job it can be that simple because that's how we get it out there 
Yeah, absolutely. I know anyone who's on Instagram and follows um, Deb's Bow Babe, um, she's really inspirational. She's got stage four bowel cancer and she heavily documents her pathway through treatment um, and shares a lot of how she feels. But she always says, you know, lots of people want to promote how you can go for screening or how you can get genetic testing. She goes, but actually it's the conversations we have about symptoms that is so important. You know, we talk to our friends and family about the fact that finding blood in your poo is not normal. You know, how long does that go on for? Do you need to go and see a GP? And it's those conversations that trigger people to visit their GP to get diagnosed. Um, And it's exactly the same for us, you know, for anyone who is able to talk to their friends and family. You know, my grandparents thought I worked with radios um, however, many <laughs> <Yes>. times, <laughs> however many times I tried to explain and my child still likes to uh, berate me by saying that I'm a cancer nurse because he knows it winds me up. Um, no offense to cancer nurses, they're amazing, but that is not what I am. Um, <laughs> but um, absolutely, those conversations definitely start at home and they all contribute. Definitely. Cancer is still stigmatized, isn't it? No one wants to talk about the big C. And, you know, our profession does run very close to that. So I think the more that we can talk about the profession, that's breaking down that wall as well, as as you say. Yeah. And for anyone who does, a bit of a selfless plug, I apologize. But if anyone did want to get involved in promoting the profession, outreach work, then please do consider getting involved with the special interest group, um, which we have our first meeting tomorrow night on Wednesday. So if anyone did want to join, then they just have to drop us an email um, and we can get you added to the group and you can attend whether or not you're qualified or not. It does not matter. Okay, so thank you all for listening to Rad Talk. Your hosts today have been me, Joe McNamara, and Naaman Ducal Anderson. So a huge thank you again to our guest, Nicola Jameson. If you're utilising the podcast for CPD purposes, consider the reflective questions posted along with links to resources and literature discussed within the podcast. To consider your CPD digital badge, please do complete the form. Our next guest to feature will be the amazing Dr. Amanda Boldston. So she's going to be talking about her career and also queering cancer. So take care, everyone, and good night. Thank you again.